Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. So this series, you know, we've been talking about, let me, let me just read this. This is kind of the text that we've been looking at. This is going to be in James chapter 1, and then, you know, we'll... I'll probably even wrap up early, maybe. You, believe, you don't believe that, do you? It's probably not going to happen. James 1, in verse 21, and we've read this every week for four weeks now, but it's a big deal because, you know, you can hear this, and the legalistic mindset takes guilt away from this, thinking that I'm not good enough, but the right faith righteous mindset says, okay, I'm accepted in Christ. This gives me a direction, right? This, give, this is something on the compass that I can move toward. I know that I'm not perfect in my actions. I know that there's no way that I could be made holy through my own efforts. There's absolutely no way that we could live up to the standard of righteousness that God requires. So he gave it to us in Christ. And when you read things like this, you have to know who you are in him, what he did for you, your security in the new covenant, like we talk about every week here, because it's so important when we start looking at other areas of our lives to start with, okay, I'm in Christ, hidden with Christ, in God, accepted. The devil has no authority over me. I'm forgiven in Christ. He's giving me life. You know, just those basic identity things, and then you, and then you, then you deal with the instruction in the Bible. You know, so much of Christianity is, hovers around the instruction that you try to take and apply to your life as if that's what Christianity is, is finding the right instruction for the right situation and living the principle according to the instruction. It's like, well, if you start there, you will always fail, won't you? If you look at the Bible and your approach to Christianity is, I got to find the right instructions to live right, you're always going to fail. You're always going to feel like you're missing something. But if you start with the completeness of who you are in Christ and then seek instruction to apply, your identity is secure, then you're just seeking to be a disciple, right? You're seeking to discipline yourself according to in the instruction, but you know who you are. You're not using the instruction to apply it to try to get somewhere in and with God. You're already there. Now let me find the instruction to live from a place of safety and security. Amen? I mean, that's good stuff. So when you look at this, this is James chapter 1, uh, verse 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. I'm telling you, for a month, this phrase has just been rolling around in my heart. Humbly accept the word planted. You know, and the word is not just the Bible. You know, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. This is John chapter 1. A little bit further it says, And the Word became flesh. And we're not just talking about the Bible, the book, the precepts, the instructions, the laws. We're talking about a logic. We're talking about the way that God thinks. If you can think of, because this word logos is where we get the word logic for word, the Word planted in you. The Word became flesh. It's like Jesus is what God thinks manifest as a human. Like God's logic, the way that God does things, 
Like if you could take the way you do something and then it become a human, that's Jesus to the Father. Do you see that? God's reasonings, God's logic, God's understanding, God's interaction with mankind, God's display of every attribute that he has, all of who he is, the intention behind who he is, became a human. And you look at him and you're like, this is God. This is what God thinks. This is what he looks like. This is what he lives like. This is how he treats people. That is what is planted in you. That is the law that is written on this new heart. God's logic, God's ways, God's wisdom, the intention behind what he speaks. Not just the instruction. Because the instructions are pretty easy, right? You know, bear fruit, uh, don't be drunk, have only one spouse, heal the sick, raise the dead. I mean, those are instructions, right? I mean, I know that's just kind of a whole other teaching there for a minute. The instructions, right? You're in the, getting the instructions right do not define who you are. Getting them wrong does not change who you are. Amen? But humbly accept it, which can save you. Next verse. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. See, if you just listen, if you just hear the instruction or if you just hear the truth about what Christ did for you, but you're not seeking to let it define who you are, you're not seeking to let it actually transform you, you're just hearing it and you're deceiving yourself. Do what it says. Why do what it says? To get more righteous or to become more holy? No. Because you are holy, because you have been made righteous through the finished work of Christ, this is what a disciple does. This is what someone that follows their master does, puts these things into practice to display his character, to show the world what a changed heart looks like, to experience blessing, because if you live according to the instructions, there's blessing, and so that he would be glorified. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like, and again, this is review, but so he deals with instruction, he deals with behavior, but he says if you're not adhering to the instruction and displaying the proper behavior, he then addresses identity. See, if you're not displaying it, it's an identity issue. It's not a holiness or a righteousness issue. You've forgotten who you are. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Is that the last one I had in there? But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Legalism hears that and says, I got to keep the law to be blessed. Identity says... Because I am blessed, I'm going to live this way so that I'm not hindering this from manifesting into my life. That's just identity 101. That's, that's how to look at instruction and have it in the right place and let it lead you but not define you. Amen? So 
after looking at all this, we've talked about self-deception, denial, and there's some stories that have come out over the past couple of weeks. I mean, some heavy stuff, you know, things that we're, that, <laughs> I mean, some people laid some things out there, and it's, they're like landmines that the rest of their world is dealing with, you know, because they're free, and I praise God for that. But that's what happens when freedom comes alive inside of your heart is you have to then deal with all the other ramifications that you didn't deal with to begin with. You start moving in this direction. You find some freedom. And I'll just tell you, you might have something that you've been bottling up for years, and it has to do with someone else. And you're ready to move on, and you're, you're like, man, I'm done. I'm tired of dealing with this stuff. I'm ready to be free. And you put it out there, and you're like, oh, man, it feels like an elephant's off my back now, you know? <laughs> but, then, but then this person, it's brand new for them. You know, just be mindful of that. Be, be mindful of how you process. You don't just throw your stuff out onto another person without following the Lord of how to deal with it. You know, there's, now this person's got to deal with it. That's just, a, that's just a rabbit trail. So, you know, today I just, I really just wanted to end this series on this idea of life, of having a life philosophy. You know, and I'd ask you that question. What is your life philosophy? You know, I'll give you a minute to think about it. You may or may not know. It may take you some time. I want you to, that, I'm going to give you that as homework this week. Just develop a life philosophy. I've got two examples here. One is directly out of Scripture, and one is something that I wrote that it's stuff that you kind of hear me repeat every week. I'll get there in just a minute. And what I mean by a life philosophy is you have a general understanding of where you're going in life. You have a general understanding of how you see yourself, how you see God, where you think you are. Because I'm telling you, most people, most Christians, most believers, most people that are trying to follow God, we have this unspoken, underlying, nagging feeling that there's something that we're missing or that you're not quite there yet. Have you ever felt like that? I'm just not there. There's something, you know, there's, I'm going to get there one day. You know, we hear these teachings, uh, I'm not there, but I've left the boat or whatever. The, you know what I mean? I haven't arrived, but I have left. Something like that. <laughs> those are good, but even those phrases can send a signal to your heart. It's like, yeah, you're right. but I'm not there. But I'm, that's what we focus on, but I'm not there, but I'm not there. And so there is this elusive finish line. I'm not trying to teach. I want, you to, I want you to think. I want you to search your heart a little bit today. You know, what is it that you've been dealing with? I mean, what are these underlying things? You know, I made a little list here. This, these are just some hypotheticals. Where you always feel like you missed the starting gun of life. Any Pink Floyd fans, you know, it's like, but, but you think that, right? You, when you feel, if you feel like you've missed the starting gun, you feel like you've gotten to 25, 30, 40, 55, 60, and you're just learning something new, and you feel like, why didn't anyone ever tell me that, you know? Why didn't I know not to use credit cards? Why didn't I know not to, you know, whatever, you know? I, why didn't I know to save 10% of my, 15% of my finances when I got my first job? 
You know, those things, those practical things where when you find yourself and you're like, oh my goodness, what happened? And life is like this elephant riding on your shoulders and you feel like you've missed it somehow. Like you're not good enough or it's too late for you or something, you know? Are you following me? Especially if you're self-employed or entrepreneurial or even a stay-at-home mom, you know, you're not in the traditional nine-to-five, you, you feel like you're always grasping, like, what is going on? I don't know where I am. I don't, you know, you just, you never feel quite settled. Am I speaking to you? Yes. Can I say one thing? Make it fast, please. Okay. Crucify with Christ and I no longer live. Mm-hmm. That's what grounds me. Right. Amen. I've got that right here. Right, Galatians 2.20. So that can be a philosophy, right? So that's an example of a philosophy. And and I've got a couple of other examples. So this is where I want to kind of land today. You know, let me me finish this list and we'll get there. You're not as far along as you should be. You ever felt like that? It's like I look at everybody else and somehow everybody else has it figured out but you. (laughs) Or at least you feel that way. Trust me, you're not alone. Everybody. Have you ever felt that way? Look around. That's the reason they still call me grumpy. <laughs> they still call him grumpy. Everyone else seems to have this worked out but you. Or you feel like you're just treading water. You ever, you ever feel like that? It's like, I, I don't know really where I'm going. I don't really, I'm just, I'm just maintaining. You feel like you're just maintaining. All of that stems from looking to the world for identity. That, that, that feeling of, you know. Now, here's the thing, though. There is a real and healthy spiritual influence in your heart from the Spirit of God to continually experience transformation, you know, you're predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. So there is a genuine expectation that that will never go away for you to bear the fruit of the Spirit within you. Gentleness, meekness, goodness, righteousness, peace. I know those aren't in the list, but you know, Galatians 5. Perseverance, self-control. And we've kind of camped out on self-control in this one because part of our problems, or I'll just say all of our problems, especially in the areas of self-control, stem from us doing things related to the world to try to define who we are. Especially if if you grew up in a really religious home or you grew up in a crazy wild home or an abusive home, you didn't you weren't nurtured in an identity. You weren't shown the love and acceptance that you should have gotten as a child. And so that creates all different kinds of avenues that you run to, and you're trying because you weren't affirmed in who you are. It wasn't safe at home for you. Like, you didn't come home and feel like, okay, I can put my book bag down, I can do, put this here, and I can sit, and I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, that's what our goal should be for our kids. When they come home, you're good. Doesn't mean you don't have to do your chores. Doesn't mean I don't expect you to, you know, display what you should be displaying. But as far as who you are, you're my child. You're safe in this home. That's how it should be with God. We just sit and know whether you do another thing again or not for him. Whether you go to church ever again or not. Whether you pray or read the Bible ever again. 
in your heart, you should be so rock steady in what he's done for you that you are secure in your salvation because of what he did for you. But because we are alive, we want to grow. A plant doesn't want to just stop. A plant doesn't want to bloom once and be done. It continues on, you know, it goes through seasons. That's what we want. We want fruit. So this general life philosophy is, what is it that you think is there for you? You know, think through those things that you're imposing on yourself that you're feeling like, well, I'm not there, but once I get there, that's what a good Christian looks like, or that's what a good mom looks like, or that's what a good grandfather does, you know, whatever it is for you. What, do, you do you just kind of feel that nagging? Does this, is it making sense to you? Most of you nodded, I think, so keep, keep nodding till I... Okay, <laughs> because I want, to, I want to disempower that stuff so that it's not driving your behaviors and your emotions any longer. What should drive your behavior and your emotion and how you feel about yourself and life and God is what Christ did for you. I mean, this is a different approach to the same kinds of things that we talk about, but I want you to identify those areas where you're, you feel like you're behind the eight ball. You've, you've not, you're, it's too late, you know? All right, so I wrote this, and this is just kind of a, and you can take this and use this until you come up with one of your own. And this is not like something that I've gotten memorized and I read it every day to tell myself these things, but these very much are the things in my life. Like when I encounter something that's new and it's a struggle and it's like, well, I thought I was, I didn't know that I would struggle in this thing. Like, so my boot, right? This thing was a mind bender for me. I mean, I'm telling you, I was like reverted back to this. I tore my Achilles tendon, for those of you that don't know, had surgery five weeks ago, got off the crutches a couple of weeks ago, got this, got this boot for another three weeks, I think. And it's like, I believe in healing. It shouldn't be this way. God wants me healed. Jesus paid for it at the cross but I'm wearing the boot. <laughs> Doesn't, it's, does that change who I am? No. Does, you know, and so there's been, this, Sarah can tell you, I mean, it's been a struggle mentally just to, just not, not to try to get healed. Like, I'm not sitting there freaking out, wringing my hands because I'm not healed. That's really not even the factor. It's just the process of the, the thoughts that you go through. I forgot what that was like to have a very real physical adversity right in front of you that, that defines every step that you take, literally. <laughs> you know, and you're like, I just want to walk. Please, can I do that? And so, so it's, it's made me think of, you know, veterans or, or people that have lost limbs through diabetes or something like that. You know, what is it like for a person that has, that's missing a leg when they wake up in the morning? And they've got a transition, transition to the wheelchair. You know, I don't just, I've just, though all that stuff has just become, you know. Now, don't be thinking that God did this to me so that I would have a perspective shift. You need to come back to this church a few more times and we'll help you out with that kind of thinking. I missed God. God didn't do this to me. He told me not to do that backflip, and I just went ahead and did it. <laughs> so there's this, right? Now, I'm going to read this. I actually posted this up on Facebook. We'll put it in an email, throw it out there. Ready? Yep. Because I am loved by God, 
secure in Jesus, and I'm already complete in him spiritually. Now, this is, this is just kind of a general mindset. Like when I'm facing something or I've got to, you know, life isn't going the way that I want it to go or this thing that I'm feeling, you know, it's like when I, when I reset, when I, bring, when I strip it all away and I come back to that core principle of what I am and who I am and where I'm going in life, what is that core for you? This is an example of what that can be. When you just let it all go and you just center yourself and you kind of restart, this is what it can look like. Because I'm loved by God, secure in Jesus, and I'm already complete in him spiritually, I will yield myself to him as much as my heart will allow in every area of life. And I will seek to increase the capacity of my heart to allow him to live through me fully as long as I live. You know, you just kind of stop me and think about that. I'm, I am going to yield to him so that my heart increases in capacity to allow him to continue to live through me. Because I'm already complete spiritually, I will not allow the world's definitions of life and success to rob me of my peace and joy. I will daily live in peace, joy, and thankfulness because I am already accepted by God and I know that he desires good things for me. Now, write something like that for yourself this week. We'll send this out. You can look at it. You can use this, whatever. There's no, there's no right answer, you know. But take something like this and create something for yourself. Maybe there's an area in your life that you're dealing with that you might need to address in this. You know, that this philosophy of life statement might change throughout as you progress, right? There might be something that you're dealing with that you move past and it's not a factor anymore and that, that just is not a factor anymore. That's not something to reaffirm your identity in any longer. Micah 6.8, or is it 8.6? 6, 6.8, 6, I think it is. This, is. this is a great one. I love how it uh, ends. This will probably be a sign in the McDaniel household. I don't know. We'll see. I told Travis this one this morning. He's like, I don't know, man. What is... Anyway. You don't need to hear my morning conversations, do you? I'll just keep going. <laughs> Micah 6, 8, He has shown you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? You know, because that's the big question. What am I supposed to do, God? What does God expect out of me? What do I expect out of myself? This is, pretty, this is a general life philosophy that you can seek to live by, right? Not, not to apply the instruction to earn or gain from God or be more righteous or whole. That baby's not bothering us. You're all right. Amen. Not to try to get somewhere, but because you are there, you want to live this way. Big difference. What does the Lord require of you but to do justly or do the right thing? Pretty simple. To love mercy. We love to be right. More than we love mercy. No. Oh, maybe. Depends if you're right in love. I don't. She asked if we could do both. <laughs> Think about that. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> now there's a difference between. 
See, there's a difference between being right and truth prevailing. You know, you might be right, but, but is this the truth of the matter that really needs to be in place right now, you know? Man, I'm telling you, that's a big one. Some of y'all need to tattoo this on your forehead so that you see it in the mirror and on your spouse's face every time you look at them. Do I love to be right or do I love mercy? If you're worried about being right all the time, you're not willing to be wrong. If you're not willing to be wrong, you can never see another perspective. Yeah. And, it, and, and, then, and then it's not even about right and wrong, you know? Right. It's about love, life and death, life and death right. good and evil, love and something, fear. Yeah, but I've learned to be wrong a lot. I need peppermint chews because I kept sleeping my foot in my <laughs> <laughs> But to do justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, I hear that word humbly, it keys me back to James 1. Humbly accept the word of God that is within you, which can save you. Amen. Amen. Maybe one of those words of God is love mercy. What does it look like for you to love mercy? I mean, I'm just kind of feeling that that's what it's coming down to, love mercy. I need mercy. Mercy is not grace. People say grace and mercy. Mercy is what you need after you've missed it. Grace is the power before you miss it, to not miss it. Grace is not, eh, we'll just give you some grace, you old thing, you. No, it's, look, choose grace. You can get over this. The power of God within you is stronger than anything that you will face. That is grace. And Paul, I, I, and Paul, and Paul teaches, he says, look, I don't sin. Very direct, don't sin. But if you do, you have an advocate with the Father. Does that mean it's okay to sin? No, but, you know, it, it's like know where you are with God. Know the character of God toward you, and that will help you define who you are as you develop these philosophies, these reset points, you know. That, that's kind of what I want to end it on, is this idea of a life philosophy. It's, it's like marks, you know, if you're, if you're shooting, if you're a shooter, if you shoot anything, the way to be more accurate is, you know, more points on the sight along the way. The better the sight, the better the aim, right? This is what you're, this is what you're doing is seeking reset points so that as you face life, you quickly bring yourself back to, nope, here's the center. This is my center. This is who I am. This is who God is. Now, now let me look at that situation. I know every nerve and emotion and thought is screaming the opposite of what I should choose here in this moment. So let me center myself, let go of my ego, let go of my need to be right, let go of whatever it is that I'm holding against this person in, an un, in a healthy way, right? Don't put yourself, you're not a doormat. This is not an opportunity to say yes to codependency. I'm talking about healthy responses. And reset. What are your reset points? That's your homework. Remember, I'm not trying to teach you something and you walk away here saying, I learned this today. You, I want you to put the period on the end of today's message, right? This week, go home and, and develop some things. Write, some, write a paragraph. Write a book. I don't know. <laughs> but write some reset points for you. Pull them out of Scripture identity-based, in Christ, who you are in Him, and, and make it a way of living. 
Because ultimately what we're talking about is we're moving from believers to disciples. A believer says, yep, I'm saved, praise God, I'm going fishing, you know. And fishing might mean you're still in church every Sunday, but you're just not really applying instruction. They're not applying a word. You're not letting that word bear fruit in you, which can save you. And all of us are doing that in some levels in some areas. This doesn't mean that you become super Christian, you know, where it's like you're healing everyone and witnessing to everyone and you find money in the fish's mouth every day and you don't ever have to worry about money again, you know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about daily, in the middle of your job, in the middle of your marriage, in the middle of whatever it is that you're dealing with and working through and whatever life situation you find yourself in, you're a disciple that has reset points based in your identity in him so that you don't let life overtake you and you, can, and you can reconnect to who you are in Christ and reflect his glory and let his spirit bear that fruit within you because the people around you are starving for you to live that way, to bring hope, especially your kids, especially your spouses, especially the, you know, the people that you work with. That's where, re- that's where you were going to have your biggest effect. Very few of us are going to travel the world and have global platforms. I mean, that, that's not even, that's just, that's weird anyway. Christianity is day-to-day, marketplace, job, home, right there. People that live right around you. Amen? Reset points. Can you think of some already? You have some in mind? Because I, I want, actually, I think it'd be really cool if we read them. You know, some brave souls next week if you want. Well, actually, we've got Courtney's ordination next week. That's going to be awesome. Yep, come grab this mic so we can hear. But maybe we can, those of you that are in the Living Forward Facebook group, post these up in there. You know, let's just kind of get some ideas from each other and write some statements like this. And, you, you know, there's no right or wrong, and it's not like you are trying to, to figure something out, but you're just, you're being honest with yourself. You're not deceiving yourself any longer. You're being transparent with yourself so that when you look at the law, perfect law of liberty in the face of Christ, you don't forget who you are. You have some reset points to direct you back to, when I look at Jesus, I see myself. When I look in the mirror, I see Jesus because that is who I am. Now, Because that is who I am, I'm going to yield to that righteousness and let it affect me when I turn away from this mirror and go do life.